Welcome to the Thrive with Omu podcast, where each week I'll chat with an amazing entrepreneur on their growth journey. They'll be sharing this with us to help and encourage us to take that bold step. Yay! So it's me again, Omu Obilo, and today I have an interesting gentleman with me by the name of Kellen. He is interesting in so many ways. He's um, a seasoned coach and a seasoned speaker and a seasoned author. Very interesting man, I must say. He's gone through depression caused by abusive and um, abusive upbringing. And um, that made him become um, very particular about performance and success, but I'll let him tell that story. Um, join me to welcome uh, Kellan. Thank you. I'm delighted to be here and grateful to have the opportunity to do something that I can do for your listeners. Fantastic. So, um, you know, we talked a bit and I went through your website and I was so amazed. So I know that just this one episode, we're going to have to call you in to continue the story in another episode. But could you just, um, I know that you had worked, you worked for about 35 years and um, you, this, you started your journey of coaching, not because you needed the cash or for monetary um, gains per se, but just as a way of giving back to us. Can you tell us more about what inspired you to take that bold step? You know, I, I I had a 30 year career in the energy industry. And as you mentioned, and it was very successful. Um, a lot of if you look at it from the outside, it made a lot of money. I had high ranking positions, a lot of authority. If you Google my name, for example, there's a lot of references. I testified for Congress in the US and a bunch of stuff that would make it look like, wow, the truth was that behind the scenes, my life was a wreck. I had been in and out of rehab. I failed multiple times in relationships, uh, married, divorced three times. And that was caused by uh, dec decades of depression, which I never did anything about. Um, I, I was raised in a, um, a religious home where the discipline today, at least in the U.S. and Canada, would be would be felony child abuse and we would have been removed from the home. Um, <clears throat> I don't think my mom was the principal person and I, you know, my dad was there. It wasn't like it was a single parent home, but she didn't know how to, you know, make me be a good boy other than through beatings. And so I remember getting dressed in high school, for example, in the locker room and getting dressed last because I didn't want anyone to see that I was black and blue, you know, that sort of thing. And what that did for me or to me was that I believed to the core of my soul that I wasn't good enough. And how that manifested is when I created success and all that career stuff, um, I um, had to sabotage it. I didn't deserve this. And so whether it was in the marriage that I was in or the career position that I had, you know, I would do something 
that would sabotage the success. And then I would go create it again. And I, I lived this roller coaster of, I have to prove I'm okay. And proving I'm okay meant getting success and making money. And then I would say, well, in my mind, and I didn't do this consciously, but this was a subconscious, I don't deserve this. So then I would wreck it. And so I lived this roller coaster that on the outside looked like I was getting progressively more successful and bigger, but behind the scenes, you know, my, my relationships fell apart. Uh, there were periods of significant addiction in and out of rehab centers, you know, secretly and all that stuff. So that on one side, it looked very impressive. Wow. And on the other side, it looked, oh, no, very, uh, you know, terrifying. So that went on for about 40 years. And finally, when I was 52, uh, I remember I say 40 years because I remember experimenting with drugs to start with when I was 13 because I wanted to escape from the life I had. <clears throat> Finally, at 52, I had a divine intervention that gave me the opportunity to get sober. I walked away from the career I was in, completely changed my life and began my exploration into what else do I need to do? What else can I do? What am I being called to do? And that's when I explored coaching, which is helping people change, helping people be encouraged, helping people reach for and realize the truth of the divine nature that's in them. And so I began doing that. And since 2008, excuse me, for the last 13 years, I've been building a coaching practice, which is now successful and around the world, but no longer because I have to prove something, but because that's the calling of my heart yeah but you know you're absolutely right and you do know that a lot of us are doing things to prove something or to mask something um some some of us are aware that's what we're doing but a huge majority are not even aware that that's what they're doing do you agree with me 100 percent, and i'm not saying i know the answer why but it seems like we have this story, and it's a universal story, that the only way you're okay is if you get external recognition, whether it's the company you're in or the people who follow you or the wealth you have. You're only okay if a bunch of people out here tell you you're okay, and they, you know, they say it with money or they say it with position or applause. And... There's nothing wrong with doing good and having people appreciate you. But often that is the, that is an end in itself. Like, you know, we have a religion around money that, wow, money is good. And sometimes even money is God. And whoever has the most of it, they must be the coolest. And the truth is behind the scenes, there are many people with a lot of power and money who are miserable, who are untrue to their own beliefs, who are a wreck behind the scenes like I was and who don't live a life of joy, who aren't happy day in and day out. And all the money does is give them access and let you buy toys, but it can't buy peace or happiness. That's not for sale. Absolutely. So how exactly do you work with your clients? How, how, what do you put them through a process? Because I mean, I would want to be your client because for the single reason that I know you've gone down that road. Um, because it's easy to um, coach someone based on things you've studied, things you've read and all that. But there's a different touch when it's someone who's read it, studied it and also walked that path. 
So how do you? Well, <clears throat> I work two ways with clients. One is I work privately. I don't have. So, so let me back up and answer your question better. I've written 15 books in the last 13 years. So suddenly I became an author. I didn't do that in my executive career. I've written 15 books and I have seven more underway right now. And that comes from the need I have to express the things that I've learned and encourage people. Their books of encouragement, their books also teaching things and so forth. So, and I also put a lot of stuff on social media on Facebook and on YouTube. And the reason I do that is that's stuff that I offer for free on social media and for very low cost in books to unfortunately don't read something and then go do it. We still need help implementing or staying on track or keeping encouraged and that kind of thing. And so further, I offer two things. One is a small group uh, coaching, which is usually limited to six people and goes for 90 days. So I have 90 day um, coaching intensives that are usually some launch road is called the results equation, which is a formula that I use in that creation. So that's one way I do it is 90 day group programs. And then the other um, way I do it is in individual coaching where we meet once a week or sometimes every two weeks, depends on the situation and the client. And the client is the curriculum. So I don't, you can't go to my website and buy coaching. What you can do is you can sign up and we can have a conversation where you tell me what you want to do. And I talk to you about what you've tried and what the real desire of your heart is and why and who you're trying to be. And then together we, we figure out if I can really help you and if you're really anxious and ready to do this thing. And, and then we figure out what, what kind of arrangement makes sense to help you. So I don't just sell things. That's not for sale. I do offer things, but only after I talk to somebody and see if it makes sense and what they really want. And if I am in the position and they're in the position to really do whatever it is. So does that answer your question? Yes, absolutely. So like, you know, um, my, this whole podcast series is about living intentionally. How would you say that has really helped you? Because I know that you're very intentional now. So the, the, what's happened to me from the divine intervention that changed my life in 2007 through building my coaching practice and even through some other experiences, I got a fatal illness and died in 2018 in the hospital here in the university in Edmonton. All of those things have brought me to one place. And I only do one thing, whether I'm being a guest like this to someone who's trying to do good and add good to the world like you are, or whether I'm doing my own podcast, I interviewed someone this morning for my podcast, or whether I'm coaching or whether I'm writing a book or doing videos for YouTube, or I own a recording studio, I'm doing music. All of those things are focused on one thing. And that is the intention you talked about. And that is, I have a personal goal to help 10 million people discover, develop and manifest their divine gifts. 
to figure out who they really are, to lean into and say yes to that feeling we all have sometimes. And we often ignore it and we often push it away. But to say yes and to figure out how to, I call it, discover, develop and deliver your divine nature and gifts. So that's my intention. That's all I do. Amazing. I knew that this one this one episode wasn't enough for you. So I went, I, I went online and I looked at it, quite a number of your books and I browsed through some. And there are quite a few that <clears throat> intrigued me. One is Tightrope of Depression. The other one is the story arc. And um, then there was Meeting God at the Door. Mm, can you, especially the Tightrope of Depression, what was what was what's was on, what was on your mind what were you aiming to achieve what were you thinking well after i finally got sober in 2007 end of 2007 i started asking myself cuz literally up until that time i had never talked to anyone about what about the cycle that i was going through about failure about success about self sabotage about feeling not good enough like i had done all of that 40 years inside. I felt guilty. I felt responsible. I felt like it was all my fault. And if I just wasn't such a failure jerk, you know, fill in the blank, that it would have been okay. And it was all my fault. When I finally got sober and realized there was something else going on here, then I finally started to talk to someone and explore like what else is going on here. And I realized that I had been struggling when I looked at symptoms of depression, I started studying it and I thought, you know, that's me. I'm this poster child of this for my whole life. And so I started talking to counselors and, and, and so forth. And then I realized I need to tell this story. So I wrote the book for three reasons about my journey from childhood up to that time, which I published, finished the book in 2014. So it covered a long period of time talking about what happened, what I did, why I felt like I did, and what I did about it, finally, in the end. And so it's a story about my t- journey on the tightrope of depression. And the subtitle is My Journey from Darkness, Despair, and Death to Light, Love, and Life. And I wrote that for three three reasons. I wrote it because I needed to. I wrote it because I was hoping that other people that are struggling with things that are similar, uh, whether they're diagnosed or not, and however they came to be in the place of feeling so worthless, might have some value. And then the third reason was I also wrote it for people who care for those who are struggling to help them with some insight, if possible, into the feelings, the mind, and the heart of those who are blinded by or on the tightrope, you know, that whole feeling. So that was the reason I wrote it. And, you know, it was, I just felt like I had to tell that story. So that was it. Okay, so we're keeping this short, but I'm sure we're going to bring you back to um, to tell us more about this process, because I'm really intrigued. But if there's one thing you can say to someone, because I know that um, 90% of people who listen to this podcast are stuck in different situations based on what they went through in the past that they haven't just dealt with, 
or that just hasn't surfaced or they're suffering because of it. If there's one thing you would say to us, what would that be? Uh, I know exactly what it is, and it has two parts. Part one is it doesn't matter where you have been or what has happened to you. It really doesn't. It is never too late to grab the controls or the levers of your own life and do something with it. You may have had horrible things done to you or accidents or other things that happened to you. If and, and I'm not questioning any of that. The only question that matters is, will you continue to let those things have power over you? Or will you take control and declare your independence and your capability of creating your life from this day forward and getting whatever help or resources you need to do that, but stop giving the old things, whatever they were, power to continue to control your life and destiny. Amazing. Absolutely. Absolutely. Thank you so much, Kellen. Thank you. I'm sure that the listeners would really, really like this. And we'll get, we'll get you back here in no time. Thank you so much, Kellen. Thank you for having me, and I want to honor you for the choice you're making to do the work, to find guests, to create the dialogue, and to add good to the world with your gifts and your heart. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for listening to today's episode of Thrive with Omu podcast. This is your host, Omu Obilo. Thank you.